pour yourself a cup of coffee. It's the Sunny Side Up Show with Edgar and Philip. Today, we're talking one of our favorite topics, our favorite comic book characters. Yes. Now, this was very hard, but we each picked our top three. So... We kind of feel this might be a longer episode because we are both very, very passionate about comic books um, and comic book characters. So let's nerd out. Let's have a nerding out episode. Let's just get into it. Our top three. Um, Let's go three to one. Uh, I didn't rank you didn't, these. Oh, you can you couldn't put them in order. Uh, I no, see you. well, I, I see actually you. did this a little differently. Oh, okay. Um, so I am a huge comic book fan. Yes. Um. And I will be the first to admit that a lot of my actual favorite characters are unknown characters. They're characters that nobody really cares about. I've always been more drawn to the the more unique kind of off the wall C list yes, characters. Yes, yes, yes. Um, and because I didn't, I didn't want to do that. Um, I kind of wanted to maybe do some some characters that, if they sound interesting to you, that they're easily accessible. And they have great storylines. Um, so I, I kind of I did things a little differently. Okay. These aren't my top three. Two of these characters are probably in my top five or top ten favorite. Um, but they're a little bit more recognizable. Um, and I actually did one Marvel, one DC, and one independent character. I like that. Just to give listeners kind of... I also um, did that, but yay. I wasn't planning on doing it well, that way. Well, yeah, yeah, that's yeah. true. <laughs> um, so then let's do... Let's We'll go through by company. All right. Sounds good. Um, yeah, that's fun. Okay. So... What do you want to do first? I mean, I'm a, I'm a huge Marvel fan. Let's start Marvel. Okay. Okay. I was going to say I'm Marvel, you're DC, so let's go independent. But Oh, okay. Well, let's do no, independent let's, then. No, let's start Marvel. Okay. Let's start Marvel. I'm just ready to go. I'm ready to go. Go. Get into it. Who's My, your character? Okay. So, by the way, I did do – I went traditional, so I did do uh, uh, my top three. This is my number two, but my top Marvel character, but my number two overall. Super basic here. But, but whatever. Iconic. But iconic. Classic. And I have to be honest. It Top five has... greatest superheroes of all time? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. It has to be Spider-Man. So, Peter Parker, of course. Spider-Man, created by Stan Lee and Ditko. Super famous duo. I mean, I can't... we don't have to go through the origin story of Spider-Man. Everyone knows Spider-Man. Can I make a statement real quick? Yes. If you go back and read a lot of Golden Age DC books... Or a lot of Silver Age Marvel books when Marvel first yeah. happened in the 60s. Some of those books are really hard to read because it's more dialogue, monologue. Right, right, it's right. a lot of like right, it, right. you're reading more words than pictures. When I went back and read Silver Age Marvel, the early Spider-Man issues are some of the most interesting books oh, yeah. to read. Oh, yeah. Over X-Men, Fantastic yes. Four, The Avengers. Yes. Spider-Man was just an amazing character right from the start. So what made Spider-Man so amazing, you know, (laughs) amazing Spider-Man, but what made Spider-Man resonate with people, I really think is it was one of the first instances where we had a superhero 
character that we could relate to. That was a teenager. That was a teenager. That was an everybody that was poor. He was literally poor. Right. He couldn't afford things. Yeah. He had a hard life. He was balancing his love life and being a superhero. Um, and he, like you said, he was a teenager and that was huge, right. huge, Because before that, teenagers were primarily just sidekicks. Absolutely. Yeah. If that, if, or if even mentioned at all. Right. So that, you know, for me, the way I was introduced into Spider-Man was through the animated series growing up. Oh, so I grew up, so good. We're, he, I grew up in Austin where actually not until, you know, within the last maybe 15, 20 years, like not even there wasn't that many like comic book places there uh-huh. are of course there's the iconic abc comic books austin books and comics um but that wasn't easily accessible right. to me growing up yeah. so i wasn't around comic books so a lot of my favorite comic book characters come from other media right and tv is like that one medium yeah. and the animated spider-man series is from so- the 80s Let's clarify. There is like one from the Oh, 60s. yeah, yeah. That's true. That's true. That's true. This is the one, this is like the one that we... Late 80s, early 90s. Yeah, this is the yeah. one that we grew up with. Um, it's considered... So amazing. It's amazing, and it's considered very iconic, and it's... Um, now, it's, is it the same level as the Batman animated series? No. I would put it up but there, But a lot though. of people would, and me personally, I would too. Yeah. It's like a, a, a much lighter version of what the Batman... Right. animated series was right. to us both meaningful but just totally I, different tones the animation style too for that 80s oh cartoon was so fantastic yes and, and it just i don't know it to me that's my spider-man when i right. like everyone's like toby's my spider-man you know andrew garfield uh, uh, uh tom holland's like yes they're all great and if miles I had to, morales miles morales but to me and riley it will always be the animated series yeah. peter parker spider-man um, yeah, so I, I could talk about Spider-Man forever, but what made Spider-Man so special, um, one was the iconic costume, great costume. I mean, can the you original, think, the original, can you yeah. think of a better costume? Like it, it's, hard. it's hard. It's hard. It's iconic colors, relatable story. And also like innovative books. Like later on when I got to read Spider-Man, like you said, so interesting. And that's I, what made it. That's what made like Spider-Man. Not only was it mass market like super popular, but nerds loved him too. Right. Absolutely. Well, also, and it was funny. That's the big thing. It I, was funny. I would say second best Rogues Gallery. Oh yeah. In all of comics. Oh yeah. Right behind Batman. Right behind Batman. I mean, some of some of those Spider-Man villains are yes. just unbelievably amazing. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, I think is, is Spider-Man the most popular. Su- like Spider-Man has an argument as the most popular superhero. I would agree. Yeah, for I would sure. agree. I'd say outside of Batman and Superman. Yeah, I'd it's say it would be Spider-Man. Spider-Man. It's sure. definitely Marvel's number one. Oh yeah, yeah. Now I'd of even... course Iron Man and Thor and them have made big come up since you know the movies have come out. But even then, Spider-Man still like yeah, it was a from... big deal to have Spider-Man in the MCU. Even from a sales number, like oh, a, yeah. a a sales right. aspect. Spider-Man is one of their more popular titles. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, I also think Spider-Man has some of the most... One, I think it's the character that anyone of any age could hop into yep. and immediately enjoy. Right. And I think there are... are is, he's like Batman. He's one of those characters that there's just like so many iconic storylines. Yes. And I mean, I could sit here and off the bat name oh, yeah. 15 storylines that oh, yeah. are so perfect right and so enjoyable right. and yeah it's uh 
Amazing. Yeah. Amazing. And, and the movies have been great too. I mean, we've had some bad movies, but most recently Spider-Verse into the Spider-Verse. Oh yeah, my goodness. That was great. I, that rekindled my love of Spider-Man all over. And another exciting thing is some of the characters that have spawned from Spider-Man, like Miles Morales, right. who's technically the ultimate uh, version of, version of right. Spider-Man from the ultimate universe. And uh, in, and then even more recently, Spider-Gwen. Yep. You know, so there's all these other spider characters that have, you know, a yep. lot of traction in the comic oh, book world as well. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I, I highly recommend. Another great thing about Spider-Man is you want to talk about one character that always did really well in team up books. Yep. You know, at one point he was the fifth member of the fantastic four. Oh yeah. You know, he's been an Avenger. He's been fantastic four. Yeah. He's been, he's in. just that character that can be written alongside anybody yes. and hold his own. Yes. Oh, yes. iconic character. What a great, what a great character. <sighs> All right. That's, that was a good, that was pretty concise. All right. Uh, we're doing good. I enjoyed good. it. I we're enjoyed doing good. it. We're doing good. All right. Uh, I'll, so you're top Marvel. I'll keep moving along. Uh, this is, I would argue probably top three for me okay. overall. Okay. This is one of the first comic book characters as a child that I ever fell in love with. And without this character, I don't think I would have a love for the cosmic side of Marvel. Uh, at some point I came to the realization that the space side of Marvel is my favorite part of Marvel. Oh, I know who you're going to pick. I know who you're going to pick. If there was one character in comic book lore that I would change places with in a heartbeat, I know. it has to be the silver surfer. Yep. I knew you were going to say, that. uh, the silver surfer is, such an amazing character. First appearance was in Fantastic Four, number forty-eight. Wow, what a nerd! As what the a nerd. <laughs> uh, as the first Herald of Galactus. Yes. Um, so the character, a little backstory. Uh, he was an astronomer on the planet Zinla, known as uh, his name was Norn Rad, and his planet was being attacked by Galactus, who is basically mm-hmm. a giant. Uh, space being that goes around and eats planets for nutrients and Galactus was going to eat his planet and he was like hold on what if I become your herald I travel ahead of you at a faster speed and I find planets that don't have people on it so we can save people we can save all these different races Mm -hmm. and allow for these planets to flourish and you eat all the planets that have nothing on them and in return you don't eat my planet he agreed and became the Silver Surfer. The Silver Surfer. Literally like Maybe, a, yeah. a, a silver being that right. just flies around the universe right. on a surfboard. Surf super cool. So 60s. Doesn't have to eat or drink, use the bathroom. He doesn't need oxygen. I mean, it's literally this being that just travels around. Right. Um, but the, so the Silver Surfer, like it, back in the day, if you, you know, if you were on a planet and you saw the Silver Surfer, like it was the end, like potentially, potentially, but it was also kind of cool because a lot of his stories are him traveling to planets and meeting all these like amazing alien races right. and like learning bits and pieces about what it is to be a human right. or to have emotions or things right. like that. Um, I, I just, I mean, he's also been in so, so many, like, I mean, Infinity Gauntlet, you know, probably one of the biggest Marvel cosmic events of all time. Right. Played a key role in that. Right. But I just, it's one of those characters that I feel hasn't really had a full, like, solid amount of solo series. 
Yeah. Um, he did get one early on in the 60s uh, that only ran for like 18 issues. Um, and then some miniseries here and there. Uh, Dan Slott, who also wrote Spider-Man for the past like decade before he got off, uh, wrote a really wonderful one as well with uh, art by Mike Allred. I definitely recommend checking that out. But it's just the great thing is too is you can start at the silver surfer and then explore all these amazing characters that you know guardians of the galaxy thanos mm-hmm. adam warlock you know just all these like really wonderful characters that you get to experience um yeah silver surfer definitely a top 3 for me my favorite marvel character and uh yeah absolutely He's no Spider-Man. When I think Silver Surfer has always been that character. When I think of um, the coolest, most amazing art to come out of that early Marvel era. Yes. Um, ama- and not only that, like recently, actually, we've had artists do takes on Silver Surfer that right. have just been amazing. Yeah. And it's been like that one character where you can just go and do crazy zany things, and it's connected to. Marvel's galaxy, mm-hmm. like universe, space you can go anywhere. Stuff. You can do all. You sorts can create of stuff. an entire, entirely new planet with yes. a new alien race, and yeah, and it's super. I don't know. It just it had this vibe to it that the space stuff in DC just never had. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And a lot of it has to do probably with those artists who were working back then, like right. Kirby, who were doing those amazing colors and all those things. So one of the, I mean, obviously, you know, uh, because it was so early on, it, it was more of a um, Kirby Stanley creation. Right. But, you know, back in the day, there was really only one person that handled the cosmic stuff, and that was Jack Kirby. You know, he did the fourth world stuff, the new right. gods. Right. Um, I mean, all of that stuff is because of him. But then Marvel had a lot of people in the 70s, someone like Jim Starlin, who's pretty much done like all the major uh, cosmic events. Like you had uh, uh, creators like Starlin who could come in and do all these like bizarre, weird things and had all these interesting stories to tell. Um, and, and the Silver Surfer, Surfer was such a, a perfect vehicle, you know, to take, you know, the Marvel Universe absolutely out, in, out into the cosmos. So, uh, yes, I do agree, though, too, the art. And the, 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 <laughs> the character design is so simple. Oh, yeah. And so oh, yeah. beautiful. But iconic, too. Oh. And it's own, like people know the Silver Surfer, <clears throat> yes. for sure. Even if it's not as big character as Thor or Iron Man or whatever, right. you know the Silver Surfer. And yeah. I think one of the biggest sadnesses is that we've not had one a really good Fantastic Four movie because Silver Surfer's connected with I like the Silver Four. Surfer in the second well, Fantastic Four movie. But the what I want is like a good take on Silver Surfer. I agree. And I definitely think this new MCU could definitely deliver on that. Yeah. I'm very excited to and see that. Like Spider Man, he had his own animated show. That's true. But it only lasted for one season and it was terrible. <laughs> I do not recommend okay. watching it. Okay. But you can find it on D V D on eBay for like five bucks for the whole season. Moving on. Yes. Should we do... Actually, I think we should do our independent character and end... On DC? On DC, because I have a feeling we may have... Oh, we don't. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) We do not. (laughs) But I'll tell you this. They're they're related. Very close. (laughs) Okay. Well, good. We'll we'll end on DC then. Um, Let's do independent. independent? So I went with Dark Horse, of course. Um, 
and you you went all iconic that's yes. the thing and i so that we had a discussion before we recorded uh today and I, the reason i went even though i would consider this a basic list like very basic i had to be honest and these are characters that, it's a comic book starter pack yes and, and and this character that I'm about to say is one that a lot of people would associate with me. They're like, oh, what a character does Edgar like? Oh, he likes this character. Yeah. Like, for sure. Like, people connect that character yeah. with me. Um, Dark Horse, Hellboy, yes. created by Mike Mignola. Of course, uh, this is a probably argument for the most successful independent character. One of the most successful independent characters. I would say. Multiple outside movies. of Spawn, maybe. Outside of Spawn. Multiple movies. Yeah. Um, it has become iconic in its own right. The story itself, and it spawned different series, BPRD, and it spawned yeah, the uh, universe. Yeah, and it, it yeah, and it spawned uh, um, auxiliary series, mm-hmm. and it's just, it just it ended a few years ago, but it's like come back sort of. You know, nothing ever really ends. They do like uh, special a lot of the time. They yes. do special one shots. Yes. I know one's coming out for Halloween this yes. year, so. So Hellboy, of course, I was introduced to Hellboy like almost everyone else through Guillermo del Toro's first movie. Right. However, by the time that movie had come out, I was at an age and in a position where I had more access to comic books. Mm -hmm. So Hellboy was one of those first few series that I actually consumed and ended up reading a lot of. Uh, Seed of Destruction, I remember being one of those first like series of runs that I got into. And really what made Hellboy stand out Beyond, like, one, it had a very subversive name, like Hellboy. I remember when Hellboy the movie came out, people were like, oh, I can't believe it's named Hellboy. Like, right. how is this even going to... Of course, that's not an issue at all today. Yeah. But back then, people were like, how is this going to make any money? And, of course, right. it ended up being successful. Um, but what really drew me to the series, honestly, was the art. Mignola's, Mignola's amazing. art is amazing. And um, it's not done. There's no other artist that draws the, the way he does. He has it's a crazy. style unique to himself. Yeah. It's like the jagged edges, the shading, the color usage, the proportions of his characters, the right. way he draws clothes, the way it drapes on the, on their bodies. So iconic. And I mean, he's one of the modern, like just greatest artists uh, and storytellers. So he wrote a lot of those first early ones. Um, and then, you know, he got a lot of help in, uh, he managed to turn Hellboy into a very successful and amazing series. Right. Um, but Hellboy, like the character itself, it's this demon, this devil uh, uh, fighting for the humans, fighting for the good. And of course, that's another sort of iconic uh, 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 origin story that a lot of people know. Like he comes from hell as a little baby and he's raised by humans and, you know, all that stuff, whatever. We've seen that movie. The cool thing about... Two times now. Yeah. The, th- <laughs> well, the thing I like that's always drawn Sadly, me, that <laughs> the most latest movie, not so good. Uh, I went and saw it a second time, and I actually you enjoyed did. it slightly more the second oh, time. Wow. We saw it together, uh, yeah. and it was sad. It was sad. <laughs> it, it was tough. It's definitely one that I think may grow on me a little bit over time. The Those one, first two movies, though. Oh, amazing. I mean, amazing. Yeah. Like, truly some of the best superhero movies. Hellboy 2... I put it up there with any MCU movie. Yeah. Hands down. I, I, yeah, I would agree. Maybe yeah. the first one more than the second one, maybe. You like the first one more? I'd have to go back and watch that second the one. The second again. one was just like, am I watching they, film like of like a 
an auteur make a superhero movie? Is the well, first you time are. I experienced. Yeah, I mean, you're watching you somebody are. who has very mm-hmm. clearly proven right. that they can make a beautiful film. Right. Uh, yeah, uh, to me, the thing that actually really drew me to the Magnolia verse is how it's tied into like historical myth. Yes, you know, there's 100%. a lot of like legends. You've got Rasputin yes. is a yes. villain. Cryptozoology. Um, yeah, I mean, oh, you, yeah. the early stuff history. is tied into World War Two. Yes, um, and so it's it's very interesting because like some of this stuff you've read myths about and like right. different legends yeah. and you kind of tie it in and so it, it does and it also kind of has that like pulp feel to it yeah you know kind of like an indiana jones type where it's like we're gonna travel the world to right. stop you know the evil the yeah frogs. we're gonna go yeah, to yeah, these yeah. like ruins in egypt right. and stuff like that so it's it's just it's very interesting and in such a great way right it, it it's an amazing universe within itself and it's self-contained, which is what's so amazing. Right. Um, and it's like one of the few independent series that was able to do that. They're oh, not saying yeah. that there aren't others, but it was definitely one of the few. Like outside of Marvel, outside of DC, yeah. that it was able to do that. Amazing. And it's like got, you know, an amazing group of just different side characters. Oh, and different. Yes. Like you have Lobster Johnson. Mm-hmm. Like it's just it's just an amazing universe and major props to Magnola for yeah. creating it. And I'm really sad that this most recent movie was not very good. Cause I feel like we're going to take a break from Hellboy because of it, but honestly it might be good because it, it, it'll be good to take a break from it and yeah. then maybe revisit it with fresh eyes later on. Maybe not do a Hellboy movie, but maybe a BPRD movie or maybe do one of the side characters. I'll tell you this. If you enjoy the character, uh, there's some really great animated movies. Oh yeah, um, Check that out. I, I I do yeah. think are a lot better than the. Live and the action. animated movies are so much closer to the comic books, right? And that's one thing that um, major props to uh, Guillermo del Toro because he touched it a little bit, but not even enough. Like because the book did it more. Hellboy's funny, like Hellboy's a funny character. He's kind of um, like that cynical, yes, kind of mean, but yes. also funny. Yes, yeah. yes. Now, of course, Cowboy did get darker later yeah. on. Not saying he didn't, <laughs> but uh, but also one thing that I really appreciated about Hellboy was how zany some of those side stories were. One of my favorite is Hellboy in Mexico, which Great. this most recent story, yeah, yeah, which this most recent movie is actually partially based on. Yeah. But anyways, um, yeah, Hellboy, iconic, love him. Had to had to do it. I think that's a I think that's a wonderful independent pick. I'll tell you this: uh, it definitely in my top five favorite characters is Lobster Johnson. Yeah, did not uh, put him on that's this list. list. Yeah, I didn't because to me, I think that there is an independent character that should be read by everybody. Okay, and if I were to introduce this character, this to me, if you are somebody who reads comics, let's say people refer to you as a nerd or a geek, and you have a child. This will be the first book that I would recommend to them. Okay. Um, because this book originally was published in 55 single issues, but it did not find its success. And I would honestly say that this is numbers wise the most successful independent book okay to ever touch oh, the market i know what you're talking about and it's because of scholastic yes who took this book yes and sold it in book fairs across mm-hmm. the first time i read this book was because it was at my book fair right the name of the book is bone bone and love it it's written love and drawn it. by jeff smith uh and it it i have a few of those books from scholastic that i bought yeah i mean 
I remember seeing it as, as a kid and just like, you know, at such an early age because it, and, and the thing I like about it, it's written for children, but it has a lot of very kind of like adult themes kind of oh, yeah. run throughout. But the thing about it is it's very similar to like, uh, I, I mean, essentially it's your classic hero's journey. Right. You have these uh, three characters, very, you know, kind of look, they're white. Uh, he got his inspiration right, from uh, Pogo, uh, right. the Walter Kelly character. Um, but yeah, they're just like, they kind of look like Casper the Ghost with feet. Right. Yes, yes. You know, um, and there's three of them, all with very different personalities. The one that I'm picking, though, is the main character, Phone Bone. He is the everyman character. <laughs> He's the hero. He's the one who falls in love with the girl. I mean, he just has all these, you know, and he's the one that has all these fantastic redeeming qualities. But it's just so great because you have these three characters who are thrown out of their home. They're kicked out of their village and they end up in this like their exile, this special valley that has like dragons and rat creatures and like these evil, you know, kind of like spirit like creatures. Right. And it's just so fantastical and amazing. And the art's so simple and it's very easy to read. Yes. Um, Yes. I I read this as a kid too. For sure. I mean, for sure. I think I don't think I would have. Everyone, everyone who went to school in the U.S. knows who this character is, yeah. because of the Scholastic Book Fair. Yeah, and 100%. it's a character that still sells well yep. on the book level, just because of of how approachable right. it is. Right. Um. And and I I figured since we tried to stay as a family friendly podcast, <laughs> uh, that you know it it'd be something that you know you could go pick up for your children. Absolutely. And and you know what, when your kid's done with it, you can read it too. And yes. I love books like that. Yeah. I love books that are accessible to a wide swath of people. Right. I love yeah. Because, um, I, I mean, I read it as a kid. I, I read it about three or four years ago again. Still holds up as, as one of the best. It's so yeah. much fun. You you finish yeah. a book and you immediately want to read it in the next yeah. one. So I love it. That's a yeah. great pick. I wasn't even thinking about that. That's a great pick. Yeah. I had those books. I also remember they sold um, Garfield. Yes. Yeah. Classic. So I had those. And what's funny is that I remember uh, my dad will let me buy the bone and Garfield books. And my dad actually bought me like, I remember one time he brought home a bone book that he had, because they also sold bone at the grocery store. Yes. Yeah. If you remember that. The kids reading section. Yes. He knew that I liked that character and he bought me one of those books. Man, you brought back so many memories. (laughs) It's so funny. I wasn't even thinking, like I wasn't even thinking about that. Oh yeah. That's so true. I mean, it's just one of those, like anytime uh, a friend of mine has a kid, yeah, you get them that book. I buy them that book and I'm like, at some point, you know, let your kid read this. They'll have a wonderful time. That's awesome. Yeah. That's a great pick. All right. DC. DC. I know who it is. All right. Should, do you want me to go first or should we end on it? Because I, because I think we both have, we can have a lot of, okay. Okay. Yeah. So Um, I'll let you go. Well, my character is going to kind of make it obvious as to who your character is. (laughs) Um, my, my favorite DC character is actually a sidekick. I see the first sidekick ever in comic books. Robin. The Boy Wonder. The Boy Wonder. Now, the first incarnation of Robin started back in the 1930s. uh, And actually, I don't think he... No, he was in 39. um, Was Dick Grayson. Right. Very classic. Grew up to become Nightwing. Right. Probably everyone's favorite Robin. 100%. Not mine. I know who yours is. Tim Drake. Oh. Tim Drake 
is the best Robin. And I, I thought you were going Dark Knight Returns. Oh, Carrie Kelly. Carrie Kelly. No. Uh, she's only in one book. So. She's only or she's in two she, books. Yeah, she's in the sequel as well. But for me, it's Tim Drake, and the reason is is because your first two Robins are characters that come from tragedy. Yes, they're both orphans, yes. like Batman. Yes, and they they have this like troubled past that right, follows right. with them, and that makes them kind of a little unpredictable at times. And in my Especially opinion, Especially Dick Grayson, not a great fit to take on Batman because I feel like at some point Batman acknowledges that his whole life is Batman. There are moments in Dick Grayson and even kind of Jason Todd, the second Robin where they kind of have, (laughs) they kind of have moments where you're like, okay, I don't think you're really, you kind of want something else. Right. And Dick Grayson became Nightwing because of it. Right. 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 Tim Drake, on the other hand, his origin story is that he actually was there the night as a very young child he was there the night that Dick Grayson's parents died. Mm-hmm. And over time, he dis- realized that Batman and Robin were Bruce Wayne and Dick Grayson. Right. He, he discovered it. And he realized after the death of Jason Todd that Batman had gone down a dark path and that Batman was struggling to be the Cape Crusader. Right. So he actually approached Bruce Wayne and said, I want to become the next Robin because Batman always needs a Robin. Right. So Tim Drake takes on the mantle of Robin. Right. And the different th- the difference between Tim Drake and the previous two Robins is that Tim Drake is a detective. And there have been times in Batman comics where Batman has admitted that Tim Drake is a better detective than Ooh. him. And so he- I should know, you're talking mainline main comic, like the, the original series right here. What do you mean? Because you're talking... Because we're... Because there's like alternative Batman, his like timelines and history. You're talking the main books. Like. So this was well so before before the New Fifty Two. Before the New Fifty Two, yes. uh, he appeared. We're getting so nerdy. <laughs> he appeared first in the Batman series. So there's yes. Detective Comics and right. then Batman, Batman, and they both run alongside right. each other. Right. Bat- so Detective Series was the original. Correct. But then it's. I, I don't know how you feel about it. Batman sort of become like the defining story. Now. Yes. Yeah, and it's it's kind of always been Batman for a while, but and, de- first... and detective books, detective comics has always been cheaper, which yes. is interesting. Yeah. Anyways, but uh, so yeah, he did first appear in the main storyline, and the thing that kind of bums me out about Tim Drake is that after when he grew up, he just became a character known as Red Robin. Yes. Um. So he never like really took on his own persona. He's kind no. of always remained in that Robin right. role. And even right. now in the current continuity, he's Robin again. Right. He's just teenager Robin. Right. And then there's Damien, who's Batman's son. That's a whole, That's other, a whole other can of whole worms. Other can of worms. <laughs> um, but I've, I've actually always enjoyed. Uh, You've the, been a the, big Robin fan since I've known you. Oh, yeah. Like, uh, that's been your dude. I'll say this. My or girl. Or girl. My largest collection, my largest run, single run of a book is the Tim Drake Robin series from the night. It started in 93, 183 issues. Wow. That is my largest portion of my collection. Wow. Is that Robin run. Um, I just, I love his character. And to me growing up, I've always said he is the Robin that should take on the Batman mantle. Now, very interestingly enough, it's something that has always irritated me. But recently in Batman Beyond, which is another amazing character within the Bat universe. It's a Batman in the future. 
there is actually a Batman Beyond run where he jumps ahead into the future and has to take on the role of Batman Beyond because Terry's missing. At the end of the series, Terry's like, oh, now that you've worn the cowl, I bet I bet you want to be Batman now. And he straight up says, it's nothing. It's something I've never really cared to do. Wow. I've never wanted to take on that mantle. Only because he had to. So in that very instance, I realized that no matter how bad I want Tim Drake's Batman, it's never going to happen. But the character himself is okay with it. So I'm okay with it. Wow. You know? Well, there have been instances where Robin wears the cowl, like... We've had well Grant Morrison right. wrote an entire run right. of of uh, Dick Grayson as Batman, right? right. And you kind of learn that he can't do no in multiple occasions throughout the series. He's like, I don't know how Bruce does right. this. Well, and you know it's so interesting in multiple Batman stories in the books and also in the movies, it's been strongly hinted at that Robin would take that role eventually, like, eventually. Yeah, but we've we haven't really truly seen it. In a significant way, besides the yeah. um, the Grant Morrison stuff, like, yeah. um, but Nightfall. Well, well in, 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 a, in a way that it lasts forever, right. like that it becomes the Bruce Wayne will never not be Batman. No, exactly, he's, exactly. He's too. I, he's I mean, too connected. It's too well. If they did do it, it would not never be a mainline book. Exactly, right. and that's the thing because right. Batman is for many years has pretty much cons- consistently been dc's biggest selling character right right. and if you look at sales charts it's almost like there's like six different batman books in the top 10 almost every month oh yeah and because he has the two main ones you have batman and detective comics that run and then you have all these like offshoots and mini series i mean he you know well since you're speaking about batman i mean let's do it let's just get into it my dc pick of course we're being basic possibly one of us is being basic okay Possibly the most famous superhero besides Superman. I would say above Superman. I would say above Superman too. I would say most iconic and probably most marketable. Yes. I would probably say I see the Batman symbol more, more often yes. than I see the Superman symbol. Batman, of course. Yeah. Bruce Wayne. Um, Specifically Ben Affleck, Batfleck. <laughs> shut up. Shut up. <laughs> Created by Bob Kane and uh, Bill Finger. There you go. It, that's... A recent addition. <laughs> well, not really, but anyways, there's a long story behind that. It's we, always been Bill Finger. Yes, he will, just hasn't gained the yes, recognition yes, yes. until recently. Yes, we won't get into that. Anyways, uh, I had to pick Batman. I grew up, one of my favorite toys was this like huge Batman doll that I would go to bed with. And it had <laughs> it had the horns and it like would poke oh, me. Yeah. And I still would go was to bed with it. Was it based on 89 Batman? Or yes, it was. Of oh, course, Michael, Michael Keaton. Keaton. So, Batman, my fir- very first introduction, of course. I- actually, I'm going to be honest. I couldn't tell you if it's the animated series or the movie. One of them was the very first introduction. I feel like animated for me. Right. Definitely. It, one of those was the very first introduction. But I'll tell you what quickly became my favorite comic book character. My favorite, just honestly, maybe fictional character ever. Well, what separates him from everyone else? It's just a man in a costume. Oh, my God. So... <laughs> It's just a man in a costume. No superpowers. No superpowers. Although some argue that his intelligence is, is his, his superpower. superpower. Yeah, which that would be like uh, like if Marvel did Batman, that yeah. would be their like his right. superpowers yeah. that he's really intelligent. Yeah. But DC doesn't really do that. Yeah. Um, well, kind of, kind of. But yeah. Um, yes, of course. Batman. Uh, what is there to say about Batman that hasn't been said before? 
Um, just the costume itself, so iconic. The symbol, uh, the story. Adam West Batman. Adam West Batman. <laughs> You've had different takes on Batman yeah. that have be- become iconic in their own right. You've had very silly Batman. Um, you've had probably uh, the most comic book crossovers. Oh yeah, and then you've had very serious Batman, yeah. and then you've had political Batman. You've had all sorts of Batman's. Rainbow Batman. Some of my favorite books ever, like comic book series, just books in general, just literature have been Batman stories. Yeah. Batman Year One, Dark Knight Returns, The Long Halloween. I could name a million more. Like they're just yeah. so great, so good. Um, amazing writers have worked with Batman. Amazing artists have worked with Batman. And Batman's really captured the imagination of millions of people in a way that other superheroes just really haven't. Of course, Superman's up there and they're both DC. But like like you said, I, Batman is just that next level. He's Batman. He's Batman. And, I, you know, I, what, like, what are some of your favorite Batman memories? Like animated had, animated series, for animated sure. series. Uh, Christopher Nolan's Dark Knight trilogy. Oh my god, the movies have been so yeah. amazing. We've had now, you know, the, this most recent rendition of Batman with Ben Affleck. I'm gonna just go ahead and say it. Maybe not so great. And we've had some pretty we could we cring- could debate this. Yeah. And we've we had some pretty this. cringy Batman movies in the past, but the Dark Knight Return, like the Dark Knight series. And the 89 Batman. and uh, um, Okay, can we pause for a second? 89 Batman, boring. No, I love it. It's so boring. I love it. I do not Did you grow up watching it? it? I started with Returns, with I, Penguin. Right. I watched both of them, and I would watch them over and over and over and right. over. The Tim Burton Batmans to me, I love them to death. And Michael yeah. Keaton to me will always be um, my movie Batman. Val Kilmer. Oh, my God. <laughs> Okay, whatever. Um, before we go, uh, recommend a Batman series for folks. Honestly, for me, my favorite, uh, I can't, I would, okay, this is what I'm going to say, Long Halloween. And the reason I say Long Halloween, because it is, um, even though it's maybe not as iconic as Dark Knight Returns or Batman Year One. But it's early on in his career. It's early on in his career, and the art is amazing. Oh, Tim Sale. Oh, my goodness. The art is so great. Loeb and Sale together, Loeb, great combination. Great writer. The writing. It is, it, so it's, it has a premise. And the premise is this, I don't want to spoil too much, but there's murders happening on, on the holidays. So yes. the long Halloween. The premise itself is what makes it so accessible. Right. And it is the first Batman. I feel like it is a great bat, like intro into the Batman universe. Yes. Uh, and, and the literature of Batman. And you can like take it seriously, but also have fun with it. Right. Whereas like Dark Knight Returns, you're like, oh no, you have to take this seriously from the get go. It's also not typical Batman. This no, is kind like of almost future, like a, right, a, right. an offshoot yes. story. So it's debatable, right? Like, some people say it's mainline, but yeah. then it's been sort of removed. It's recently. considered more of an, a quote unquote. They call it Elseworlds right. Um, right. story. Right. And actually, my recommendation for a Batman story: take it back to Hellboy. Mike Mignola, Mike Mignola Gaslight Batman did a Gaslight. Gotham by Gaslight, yep. and it's basically Batman hunting uh, Jack the Ripper yes. in the 1800s, and it's we didn't even get into it. The Rogue Gallery, best Rogue uh, Gallery of uh, any character i mean joker joker alone joker is the, probably the most iconic villain oh yeah ever in comic books ever. yeah for Absolutely. sure i mean yeah it, it scarecrow 
Mr. Oh Freeze, Mr. Ping Freak, One, Riddler. I mean, play. oh my god! You can even go into like even some of Batman's B and C list villains are better than some of like oh, yeah. like I don't think there's a single Iron Man villain that comes anywhere close <laughs> to even like Kite Man. Yeah. Yeah. Condiment King. Yeah. You know? Like, not even. I just, there's there's so many wonderful, yeah. Oh, my goodness. I, oh my goodness. I, uh, yes. I mean, we that, could, yeah. I mean, you could go on. And the great thing is, 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 is like Spider-Man, he's easily accessible to all ages. 100%. Now, of course, a lot of the mainstream Batman stuff that exists is more adult friendly, right. Uh, right. I would right. say. It's dark. Uh, it's, it's dark. It's dark. It's got some adult themes. Uh, but then you've got stuff like Lego Batman. Oh yeah. You know, Lego Batman. Yeah. There's just so many facets to Batman. And I think it's just that, like you said, maybe cause he's just a regular person is why we connect with him so much. But I also think the gadgets, the gadgets, the, the automobiles, the uh, everything. But I think <laughs> just that, I don't know. It, it's, it's this like primal instinct we have this fear we have of the bat and making it a hero and that iconic costume and the imagery, it just, it's like the perfect recipe. Yeah. And they're really, you know, there've been characters that have come close, but nothing quite like Batman. I don't think anyone will ever touch Batman. And honestly, they've done, you know, like they've done like, you know, alternative Batman, like what if it's like owl man or whatever? And like, yeah, it's cool, but it's still not not Batman. Batman. It's just love it. All right, we've been nerding out for yes. long enough. This has been probably one of our longest episodes, but we just... And it won't be our last comic book episode, no, we let just, me tell you right oh, now. We love comic books, and we had to nerd out. Um, if you like this episode, let us know. Let us know if you want more nerdy episodes or yeah. deep dive episodes. This was really fun for we'll us. We'll rank Star Trek seasons, yeah, we'll you know, go, whatever we'll go you want. Star we'll, Wars. Do it. we'll go into Star Wars for sure. We'll do... We'll do anything. We're, we're, we're out here to have fun. Um, but if you like the show, please share it and let us know how we're doing. And we'll talk to you tomorrow. Bye.